Hey everyone and welcome back to Around the Cauldron. My name is Megan and I am here to shed light on Wicca from a modern perspective. This podcast is produced every Monday, sometimes educational, sometimes philosophical, and always honest. So grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me around the cauldron. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for episode 18. Um, Last week we talked about critical thinking and common sense when it comes to doing your research within Wicca and paganism. This week, I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. I've got a few ideas floating around in my head, so this episode might be a little rambly and a combination of multiple topics. Um, We'll get to why that is in a second. Um, But before we hop into it, I just want to say hi to any new listeners out there. Hello. Um, I'm glad you're here. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. Don't forget that you can leave a review wherever you listen to help other people find this podcast, and those reviews do help. Um, Also, feel free to share it with your friends on social media or wherever you listen. Besides the podcast, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Round the Cauldron, on Twitter at Round the Cauldron without the D, and at my website, roundthecauldron.com, where you can find show notes and links for each episode. I also have a shop where you can get a tarot reading or one of my fancy and mystical crochet items. And lastly, you can help support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron, where you can get exclusive patron-only perks. And don't forget about my giveaway. If you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes and it is still currently May and June 2019, because, you know, I don't know if you're listening to this in the future, uh, (laughs) um, I am giving away my Rainbow Chakra Meditation Shawl. So you can click the link in the show notes or go to roundthecauldron.com slash giveaway and enter to win. I'm running the giveaway through Rafflecopter, so you will probably have to either create a free account with Rafflecopter or connect it to your Facebook. Um, I just find that Rafflecopter is easier to handle the multiple entries and it it gives more options for the entries and doing entries more than once a day. And I am running it through June 29th and like I just said, entries, some of the entries can be done once a day. And the giveaway is open internationally, so don't worry if you're not in the U.S., um, you can still enter. So head to my website and check it out, and good luck! So I don't really have a full-blown topic for today. Um, I've just been really busy, I guess. I mean, (laughs) work and being a mom and being a kind of wife, I guess. Um, Yeah. So, and I say kind of wife because me and my boyfriend have been together for, let's see, 2019. This year it will be 11 years, but we're not married yet. (laughs) And there's a couple different reasons for that, Um, but that's okay. We're not married yet, so kind of wife. I will call him my husband just because it's been long enough. Um, But anyways, I've got so much going on. We have so much work to do around the house. We're doing a lot of work in our garden. I mean, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you know in February of 2019, 
we just moved and we are now on a plot of land that's a little over half an acre but it's terraced um, so part of it is in levels and a good chunk of it needed some work um, but the people that lived here before us actually had a lot of really cool things planted we found in the backyard on the upper level um, there are three grape vines um, we don't know what kind of grapes they are yet that they didn't leave the tags there um, there is a crab apple tree which I found out I found out what it was through a Facebook group that I'll actually link to because it's really it's a really good resource to have it's a plant identification Facebook group and you basically just post a picture in there with a general idea of where you're located so like for me I posted the picture and said hey I'm in Central Oregon this is planted in the ground on the upper level of my property and I have no idea what it is please help and so there's a bunch of people who are super knowledgeable about plant identification and they were able to point me in the right direction and basically told me that it's I think it, they called it a Magnus they use the scientific names because it is an international group so for anybody that's listening that's not in the US if you've got plants that you need to identify this group is a great resource um, we also have on the upper level um, an apple tree which is it's a hybrid apple tree so we've been told that it's gonna produce three or four different kinds of apples now I'm not sure if they're gonna produce this year because based on the look of the tree um, it's not that old and I am not familiar with uh, flowering trees and fruit producing trees at all the only reason I know it's an apple tree is because the tags are left on it and it's familiar to me from growing up in um, Southern California now on the other side of our property in the front yard there were these really big planters and they had planted these some type of green onion but they're humongous they're huge I mean the leaves at the top are at least two feet tall and they were just growing there um, but with the rest of the work we're doing I mean I've planted uh, a celery plant that we actually found growing wild on the back of the property I dug it up and transplanted it um, I've got romaine lettuce growing iceberg lettuce carrots zucchini squash um, spinach all kinds of vegetables and we've got a blueberry plant that might not produce until next year because it's little um, but we've been keeping up on all of that the back of the property where the trees were or where they are um, there's also a lot of rose bushes but the the people before didn't keep up with it really um, so there was layers and layers of dead leaves and then with the winter it snowed like a good four and a half five feet and all of that stuff was just stuck underneath the snow so we have a lot of weeding to do a lot of cleaning up to do and pruning and just getting all of the stuff out from around the trees and the other plants so they don't get water starved by all the weeds um, so my weekends are pretty full up um, 
I am also recording an audiobook. I auditioned to record this audiobook and they accepted my audition, so I'm recording that and the full complete audiobook plus the editing and everything I am responsible for and it has to be done by the end of May. So I've been working on that and I've just been really tired and I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um but yeah, that's a really long-winded way of saying that I just haven't had the mental capacity to sit down and really write notes about a topic. So I'm just going to wing it today. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, I thought about doing something sort of like a day in the life of a modern witch or whatever. But I'm really boring. I mean, I promise I'm really boring. I wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I help, <clears throat> I help my husband get ready to get out the door because he sleeps like a rock and he doesn't wake up to alarms. So I have been his alarm clock for 11 years. Um, I gotta get the kid ready for school. Sometimes in the morning if I have time and I'm really feeling the energy, I'll pull a tarot card. Um, I'll throw a crystal in my pocket or uh, in my bra if I don't have pockets <laughs> if I don't have pockets in whatever I'm wearing that day to work um, I drive 23 miles one way to work and in the process I drop my child off at school for her before school program because school here doesn't start until like 9 o'clock and I have to be at work at 8 um, yeah so I drive 20 something miles one way to work, work all day, drive 20 something miles back, come home, do all the home stuff, dinner and whatnot. And I, I eat a different diet than everybody else in my house. So depending on what everybody else is having for dinner, I will either just pick it bits and pieces of that, or I will have to create my own dinner for the evening. Um, I have the recording schedule for the podcast and audiobook. Um, but I'm really a very boring witch. I mean, I don't I don't read tarot every day. I don't take crystals with me to work every day. I don't carry around little mojo bags or satchels for a spell. I hardly ever do spell work. So, I mean, sometimes I even question if I can call myself a witch. Uh, hey, that's a good topic for today. We can talk about that. What makes a real witch? And I am going to, since I'm recording on my laptop, I'm going to pop this open here and see what kind of crap we get if I Google how to be a real witch. Because I feel like it's going to be crap. So let's see. Google how to be a real witch. Let's see. YouTube, how to be a real witch from a real IRL witch. Okay, so let's go to something else because I don't want to watch YouTube right now. Uh, from exemplar.com. How to become a witch and practice witchcraft. Witchcraft in a nutshell, I'm going to quote from this. It says... Witchcraft is the practice of magic. Witchcraft is not a religion, but some types of witchcraft are religious. Witchcraft is not the same as Wicca. Yes, thank you. First site that I click on and it's got good 
information there. I don't know if I like that it's on Exemplar. I think this is like a side page for like hub pages it looks like. Um, what else does it say? Common types of witchcraft, green witchcraft, hedge witchcraft, eclectic witchcraft, dianic witchcraft, kitchen witchcraft, gardnerian witchcraft. Um, so I think I, I disagree with at least the dianic witchcraft and the gardnerian witchcraft because those are two different forms of wicca, not necessarily just witchcraft specifically. Um, let's see, what do I need to cast a spell? Tools or correspondences are powerful items that can be used to draw focus and symbolize the power within yourself and within nature, but you don't need to go out and buy a bunch of things before you start practicing witchcraft. Yay! Preach! God! I think I talked about that last episode. <laughs> let's see. Oh, let's, what does that say? That so, ooh, is witchcraft evil or dangerous? Witchcraft itself is neither good nor evil. Like any other tool, witchcraft can be used for evil or it can be used for good. Witchcraft is entirely dependent upon the intentions of the individual practitioner. For this reason, it is incredibly important to be sure of your intentions when casting a spell. So I really like that the first link that I clicked on has good information because I, I agree with all of that. I think it's all very true, very um, important things to know. Let's see what this one says. How to become a witch, a beginner's guide from W Magazine. What is What even is W Magazine? I don't even know what this is. Open in a new tab. W Magazine. It just looks like one of those clickbaity types of websites. Like this thing right here says, the ultimate fashion insider's guide to chic essentials for new moms. Okay, well, whatever. Let's go back to the witch article. Um, of course, it starts out with Halloween is right around the corner. Uh, it says... <laughs> what? It says one doesn't simply become a witch by wearing Burberry and accessorizing with a black cat or buying some crystals and altering their Instagram aesthetics. Uh, get acquainted with some of the preliminary steps for joining their ranks. Uh, know the risks. Okay, this is, I want to see what this says. What are the risks of witchcraft according to W Magazine? Witchcraft isn't just fun and games. Perks like hexes and love spells can come with a price. The infamous Salem witch trials may seem far in the past, but the persecution of witches, or those suspected of witchcraft, continues today. Despite the mainstream's growing fascination, the past few years have also seen a whopping 900% rise in... <laughs> what? A whopping 900% rise in at-times lethal child abuse cases linked to suspicion of witchcraft and demonic possession in the UK. There are, of course, methods of protection, like carrying an evil eye. The easiest one, however, is to simply not go around shouting about your newfound identity. Okay, they have a link here for for something about their, that 900% rise in child abuse cases linked to suspicion of witchcraft. I need to 
go to this because this is insane. I hadn't heard of that. Um, and anyway, I mean, I guess I understand where that part is coming from, how it's not necessarily, I don't think it's saying witchcraft is linked to child abuse. I think it's saying that, um, oh my gosh, where was I going with this? It's saying that coming out, and I don't like using that term coming out, um, as a witch to your family if you are under the age of 18 or in any area where you might not be safe that could lead to child abuse I guess but this is a really large number I mean a 900% increase that's a lot that's a lot I need I need to check this out I went to their link I'll, I'll put all of these links down in the show notes so you guys can see what I'm talking about um, so it's from the New York Post, which is a, a WordPress site. Is this like an actual news source powered by WordPress? It doesn't look like an actual news source. Okay, so this says that, where did it go? Uh, come on. Kids accused of witchcraft in the UK drowned, slashed, and burned. It says thousands of children are being put through these horrifying exorcisms and they are taking place behind closed doors in apartments, houses, and churches on England's streets. Um, yeah. Well, that's not where I was expecting this episode to go. Um, but I guess that is a potential risk. Know that you are... Like, know your surroundings, know if you're in a safe place and around safe people that you can really share your experience with. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's nuts. Let's see. Um, still from W Magazine, Choose Your Path uh, gives types of witchcraft. There's no shortage of types of witchcraft. Get your bearings by having at least a basic understanding of the terms below. Let's see if they define these properly. Um, so it gives a term of paganism. They say it is an umbrella term for religions other than the Abrahamic faiths of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam that typically places emphasis on the earth and nature. Its modern day practitioners are known as neo-pagans. Yeah, I'd have to say I agree with that definition. It's fairly straightforward. Um... Oh, and then it defines Wicca. It says Wicca is a religion that's perhaps a popularized form. Well, that doesn't make sense. A, re a religion that's perhaps a popularized form neo-paganism thanks in large part to the so-called father of Wicca, Gerald Gardner, who cultivated his specific ideology, now, no now known as Gardnerian Wicca, in the mid-1900s. Whereas witches are typically thought of as women, many Wiccans are men and worship both a god and goddess. What was initially thought of as an anti-monotheistic gesture, though, has more recently been criticized for espousing heterosexuality and the idea of a gender binary, which was, in part, what led to the emergence of Dianic Wicca in the 1970s. Yeah, Dianic Wicca in the 1970s, for those who choose to only worship the goddess and to do so only in the presence of women. 
a policy that's since proven to be problematic as many of its covens prohibit transgender women. Yeah. So that actually touches on a lot of very good points. And I think (laughs) I, I agree that Wicca, at least traditionally, as far as I'm aware, has a really bad reputation for pushing a gender binary. And I don't think that really has a place in today's age, in today's culture, at least not from my standpoint. Um, so that's why I'm, I, I consider myself a, a neo-Wiccan because I am a, I am a modern Wiccan. I don't believe that there is a gender binary. I don't believe that D&Ds are gendered unless they choose to present themselves that way. And I do have an issue with the covens of Dianic Wicca who refuse to allow transgender women to practice in their coven just because they are not anatomically women. That's a different... It's <laughs> a whole nother episode. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like everything, I googled how to become a witch, or how to be a real witch, and the things that I'm finding are are fairly common, fairly, fairly true. Oh, let's see what this says. This is from a Wiccan site called Wiccanspells.info. How to become a witch. And I find that most of the people that have a problem with the way other people practice are other witches or other Wiccans, which is really funny to me, I guess. Um, I I see it a lot. Oh, you're not a real witch because you don't perform a ritual every new moon or you're not a real witch because you don't like crystals. You're not a real witch because you don't do divination. Shut up already. It's annoying. Um, (laughs) so anyways wiccanspells.info how to become a witch the first step in becoming a practicing witch is to read 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 here is a recommended book list let's look at the book list oh and then it calls out i also highly recommend my book for all beginners as it explains how magic works and gives you a deep understanding of energy and witchcraft just toot your own horn there uh let's see the Essence of Magic. There's some Scott Cunningham. Oh, she's lost credibility for me. Lost credibility for me because number three on her list is To Ride a Silver Broomstick, New Generation Witchcraft by Silver Ravenwolf. Nope. Not happening. She's got like, wait, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books on her uh, books for beginners and they, that's not, that's not a lot. Seven books is not a lot. I mean, you should always, always, always be reading. Let's see what else her site says. Oh, she recommends that you meditate if you're serious about becoming a real witch. She says, meditation is a way to step away from your running mind for a moment. And in that silence, being able to go deeper into your soul. I promise I'm reading that word for word, guys. Um, so... Okay, I have a problem with this. First off, meditation isn't always about clearing your mind and not thinking at all. Sometimes it is just sitting in silence and letting your mind just go wherever it wants to go. 
Secondly, not everyone can successfully meditate. Meditation takes practice. It takes focus. And if you're like me, it takes a quiet space to be able to do it. And let's face it, I don't have that. I don't have that. I mean, I, I kick my daughter out of her room to record my podcast. Okay. (laughs) I don't have a quiet space to sit and meditate for who knows how long. And if you have something like ADHD or ADD or anxiety or any other thing that makes it really, really hard for you to focus. And if you're a worrier like I am, sometimes meditation can be impossible. So meditation is not a criteria for being a real witch. She also says, uh, the next step to becoming a witch is to start gathering some witch tools. They don't have to be fancy or expensive. Making your own tools will help you connect with them. You probably want to create a space for your magic work. You can build an altar, yada, yada. I mean, that's okay if you want to have those tools, but witchcraft is not all about the tools. Not always. Sometimes all you need is yourself. So I do like that she says it doesn't have to be fancy or expensive. Um, She says much of it was very DIY, collected in secondhand shops, or crafted from various items that she came across. I'm saying she, I'm assuming this is a woman. I hope I'm not using the wrong pronouns for that. Um, So I I agree with that one. If you want the tools and you have the means to get them, then go for it. But don't go out and spend a crazy amount of money all at once because you're not going to need everything all at once. And that's basically it. She has some links here for some other stuff. Going deeper. Um, intro to Wicca, Witchcraft, and Magic. 20 thing, 22 things you should know about the Wiccan religion. Wicca versus paganism, which is witchcraft. Magical skills for beginners. Um, so the skills for beginners she's got here are visualization, meditation, grounding, centering, a basic ritual outline, a thorough guide to creating your own spells and rituals, how to cast a circle, and magic and the moon phases. Ooh, I have to follow this link here. Uh, the ethics of magic. White magic versus black magic. I don't think I've talked about this before. Magic doesn't have a color. Magic is magic. There's no color about it. There is no white magic. There is no black magic. Some people like to refer to these as the left-hand path and the right-hand path, but they're, they're not colored. I, I really, really don't like that. <laughs> and then she goes here and she pairs the Wiccan read, and it harm none, do what ye will, with the, the subtitle, The Ethics of Magic. And it harm none, do what ye will is not the ethics of magic, it's the ethics of Wicca. And she does specify, as a practicing Wiccan or a beginner, the question of ethics and morals of casting spells is something you're likely to have considered. But I, I think she needs to be more clear in this because magic and witchcraft and Wicca are completely separate things. But let me see what she has as the definitions. So she says white magic is defined as magic used for the purpose of good or selfless purposes. It is magic used for spells which are healing or helping. White magic is sometimes referred to as natural magic due to its ties to traditional pagan nature worship. Um, okay... Then she says, black magic is white magic's malicious counterpart. It is seen as magic used for selfish or evil purposes. 
spells such as those to achieve immortality, to raise the dead, or to manipulate or hurt others. In popular media, an association is seen in popular media, an association is seen between black magic, voodoo, and Satanism. Some people use the term black magic to describe any magic they don't morally agree with. What? No. Okay, so white magic is magic used for selfless purposes while black magic is malicious and used for selfish purposes. I'm sorry, if I am on hard times and I need some cash real quick to pay my bill and to feed my kid, I'm going to do a selfish spell to help get some money in my pocket so that I don't starve and so that my kid doesn't starve. If I want to do magic because, hey, uh, I want to buy a new car and I can really use an extra $3,000 for a down payment, I'm going to do the damn thing. What does it matter if it's for selfish reasons? This reminds me of that episode, not the episode, the the show Charmed, where they were not allowed to use their magic for personal gain. That's not a real thing. <laughs> what, basing it on the Wiccan read, what does me doing a spell to help get extra money in my pocket do harm to someone else? If I specify in my spell and it harm none so mode it be if you're specific in your work that what you're doing is not intended to harm anyone then then there's no harm done i mean and here black magic there's an association between black magic and voodoo and satanism those those are completely different things this is making voodoo and satanism out to be evil and to be malicious and bad, and they're not. They are separate spiritual beliefs, separate practices. They're not evil. Like, this stuff right here is just as bad as the Christians who say, oh my god, you're a witch, you're a bad person, you're evil. That's the same thing, and I really, really, really take issue with that. I really do. What else does she say? Love spells and revenge spells. You only need to look on the internet or in mainstream spirituality magazine to see the many examples of love spells people have written. Love spells are popular, but are they ethical? Is it a black magic as you are trying to manipulate someone? Are you trying to change someone's views and manipulate their freedom? Or are you practicing a white magic as you are encouraging love? Ugh. I don't like this. I think I want to leave this website. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like it. Okay, let's find something else to read. I, I'll link to these in the show notes too, because if I have to read it, so do you. <laughs> I guess I did come up with a topic for today. How to become a witch in real life from Stella Sea Spirit. Let's see what Stella Sea Spirit has to say. Ooh, let's see. Here's what separates the conscious witchy ones from those who are asleep. It says, witchy ones are aware of the magic inherent in each moment and take advantage of this knowledge. Witchy ones sense the fluidity of universal energy, knowing when to project and when to receive. Witchy ones identify synchronicity and opportunity, then act. Witchy ones observe their thoughts and emotional tides, then recalibrate. 
witchy ones recognize the interconnected nature of the universe and the perfection and imperfection. Let's see here. Well, this doesn't look like like a how-to. Okay, this website reminds me of those like websites that are trying to sell you something but try to play it off as being educational. Ooh, you might be a witch if here are seven signs you are a magic maker in the 21st century. Number one, you are aware of a dynamic flow of life force around you. Number two, you can sense the character and theme of a day by just leaning into the energy. Number three, you can feel the distinct shift in mood and tone of your environment as people and circumstances come and go from your space. Number four, before you give someone a gift, you hold it and charge it with a special wish for them. Number five, you feel a close connection to the earth and all her creatures and acknowledge this in some way with self-devised rituals you create. Number six, you are easily drawn into the depth of ancient activities long held in the collective unconscious. Number seven, you get your regular fix of magical fulfillment through reading or watching fantasy. So this site is very love and light, very, very reminds me of the law of attraction very um ooh, i don't want to say fluffy bunny i don't like that just very very love and light let's just say love and light and i have a problem with that for a couple of reasons but i think that's going to be an episode for a different day love and light and my issue with the term fluffy bunny um yeah so there you have it how to be a real witch from Google. Want to know how? Don't listen to Google. Talk to real people. Talk to me. Find your community. Read books. Know the difference between Wicca and witchcraft. You want to know how to be a real witch? I'll tell you. All you have to do is practice witchcraft. Until next time, everyone. Bye. So thank you guys for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Don't forget that you can email me, direct message me, message me on Facebook, comment on my website or whatever. Um, Reach out to me at roundthecauldron at gmail.com with questions, comments, or suggestions. Um, Or if you just have an opposing view, I am always open to learning more and hearing another person's perspective as long as you're not a jerk about it and we can have a civil discussion then we should get along just fine. Um, I don't bite and I will always be here to listen and help if I can. Please consider supporting this podcast through Patreon at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month where you will get patron-only exclusives which include early access, early access to episodes before they go live. Follow the show on social media and at roundthecauldron.com where you will find educational articles, show notes, links, and more.